that he is God? Because the Lord is kind of pulling back a curtain. And he's saying it's time for a new revelation of who I am. I want you to experience the reality of my fullness in a way you have not ever experienced before. I do say, I stand at the door and knock. You know I won't force my way in. But I am availing to you this morning a deeper measure of my grace, of my strength, of my peace, and of my comfort. I ask you today, will you let me in? And those of you maybe, you know, here's the gospel. Man is a sinner. We are not going to heaven. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, because the scriptures tell us the wages of sin is death. Jesus took on the penalty of everybody's sin and died on the cross. That does not mean your sins are forgiven. We need to go to God and say, forgive me. That's step one. Jesus is your son. That's step two. I repent, which means I am not living that way anymore. I'm going to live your way. How do I live God's way? The Bible. Then, I say, come into my life. In fact, more than that, I want you to be my life. Come into my heart. I surrender everything to you. Then God looks down and he doesn't see sinful Dick Beaumont any longer. He sees the son of a living God as my identity. If you haven't done that, my prayers are for you because your destiny is not heaven. Let's get real. This morning, if you haven't done that, as we go through this service, I ask you to say, God, with an open heart, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Prove yourself to me. With an open heart, if you say that, he will. So amen. Now we got to do the old housekeeping thing, so let's hopefully do the bulletin. Um, we're starting Grief Share again this Tuesday in the church. It is a ministry. Debbie Grootman heads up for those who have lost friends or loved ones. Um, I highly recommend it. It starts at 6.30. Not this week, but the next week we're starting home groups. There's one that meets on Tuesdays and two that meets on Wednesdays. If you are interested, see, give me a shout, and we would love to put you in one. Pre-service prayer is in the office at 9.30. I've had an interesting week. I was at Upstate a, a while back. Melody's ex-sister-in-law, the, the, the mother of Melody's niece and two nephews, is kind of on life support, and they made the decision today that they're going to remove it, so, you know, she'll go home to be with the Lord. You know, Friday I'm in the Oswego ER because our dear friend Sylvia Klein fell and broke her hip. Had surgery Friday night. She's still there. So we, we ask you to please, 
please pray. Our brother, Lou Stoner, who is recovering from heart surgery, we, we, need to, we need to pray for. I went to a funeral yesterday for Harry Fowler. Harry was at um, Fruit Valley Orchards, which Wade Smith owns now. And he was there for 10 years this past summer. He fell and broke ribs and broke his back. So he was living with Wade's family for about three months. And Christmas night, he died of a heart attack in Wade's kitchen. I see some of you have Buffalo Bills. We know what happened Monday during the football game. I have to admit, I can be cynical and skeptical. When I watch the games yesterday and they're all kneeling into center, you know, I'm saying, this reminds me of the parable of the talent. Everybody watches that and they're drawn in emotionally. Jesus isn't about emotion. Now that young man, it wouldn't have been a tragedy if he died because he knows Jesus. And I, you know, I'm not a Bills fan and rest assured after this happened, I'm still not. Um, but I love their coach. Very strong, devout, born-again Christian. He gets it. And my prayer is through things like this, we understand we're not promised tomorrow. And I'm going to say, what's your eternity? I got my eternity wrapped up with Jesus. So I look at that and I say, I really do hope that we see a movement of more people committing their lives through Christ through this tragedy. But I remember when Tim Tebow used to take a knee and how they mocked him. Do I think now this country is open to the Lord Jesus Christ? I do not. But he's coming. And the Lord is going to move. And I'm not being cynical or hard, but I'm just saying this week, and we, I find it funny because what am I talking about today? I'm going to talk about James. And I do know, Joe, we have Sunday school. I'm not even at the prayers yet. I haven't forgotten. Well, you know what I'm talking about today? The verses we love. Count it all joy when you have to persevere in hardship. So, Lord, we come today and we lift up Lou Stoner to you who's recovering. And I lift up Kathy, Lord, as his caretaker, Father. I know she needs prayers as well. I pray that you would move and that you would heal his chest and take the pain away, Lord God, that, that you would keep both of them from any illness. I pray, Lord, that through this season of recuperation and recovery, he would feel your presence in a powerful way. And Lord, I am so blessed by the many men and women of this church that have prayed for them. Lord, that's family. And I thank you for that. Lord, we lift up our dear sister, Sylvia Klein, to you. I pray, Lord, for complete recovery. I pray for an easing of the pain. Lord, I pray for comfort for her family that through this they would know your goodness, Lord. And I pray that, that in her, her state of recovery, Lord, she would feel the powerful presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I lift up Pastor Sebastian Fodian. I lift up Port City Faith Assembly of God Church. As Pastor Fody battles leukemia and lymphoma, Lord, 
his prayer is, Lord, give me more years, and we stand with him in that prayer. As we also cry out, Lord, your will be done. Pray for comfort for him, for his family, for that church, Lord God. Father, thank you for worship this morning. I love that one line, just as I am, I come. So often the devil can lie to us and say, you sin in this area, you've done this wrong, you've done that wrong, and it makes us want to shrink back, but you open your arm to say, no, come, for I have fullness of life for you if you just surrender unto me. We see that all through the scriptures, Lord. Matthew, the tax collector, the woman at the well, the woman caught in the act of adultery, People who are healthy don't go to the doctor. You've come to heal us all, Lord, spiritually and eternally. And I pray, Lord, that today you are indeed standing at the door and asking us to come. Help us, Lord. We rebuke that fear that's there and say, Jesus, help us. Those who are even sitting back in their chairs right now, Jesus has enough of my life. Man, you're missing out. I like what Wade said at the funeral yesterday. We can all get comfort. We can all get peace. But when we have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, there's a deeper level than man can ever know. So be glorified, Lord, in your name. Amen. Sunday school, you are dismissed. Okay. Today I'm speaking on... I hope. Strengthen your faith muscle. I'm reading from the book of James, chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, who is James? He's a stepbrother of Jesus Christ. You don't think he would be tempted to name drop but I love how he wants to be identified on a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the 12 tribes in the dispersion, Christians at that time were scattered all over. One commentary I read was saying how they, they moved around because the Gentiles were more open to them than the Jews were. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may become perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given him. Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Lord, help us not be unstable. When we pray and ask for wisdom, to ask for relief, to ask for help, let us not doubt. Let us know that we know that we know that you hear us and you move on our behalf. And Lord, when you do give us direction, the longer we wait, the more we can become unconfident 
Well, maybe I heard wrong, but let us persevere and stand steadfast, Lord. In your name, amen. You know, in the past few months, I had surgery, then I had COVID, then I pulled the muscle. So as extremely buff as I am, it's hard. I haven't been to the gym much, you know? So, so I, did, I did go, and I found out one thing. A, I'm old. And man, did I get tired. I slept good that night, but I woke up not with a happy body. Exercise is not fun. I love the doors to the gym when I'm leaving. I am not happy as I enter, because I know here it comes. We need to exercise to get stronger. And that's what James is talking to you and to me about this morning. God is going to exercise your faith muscle so it grows. In the King James Bible, the word faith is used 336 times. I'm thinking that's an important word to God. We can see, but let's be honest, James 1, this is a challenging portion of the scripture. You know, um, I'm talking today about faith strengthens as we experience God's goodness in the midst of hardships. Faith doesn't grow in the easy times of life. When, when you're on easy street and life is really good, I love that, but your faith isn't growing. When you're sitting on the couch watching a football game, your muscles aren't growing. When do they grow? When you exercise, when you push the weights, etc., etc. When does my faith grow? When life stinks and Jesus Christ is proving himself faithful to me. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean I'm not going to have emotional meltdowns. But it means that I have to know that God is in control. Stretching is essential. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I used to be a runner. A waddler would be more accurate probably. I hated to stretch, but I knew it was important. I mean, there was a time I, I was doing, I did nine miles. Man, I stretched to beat the, I hate stretching. But I realize when you don't. I mean, I remember years ago, in fact, it was 2013. I'm at Price Chopper, and it's windy, and, and I'm putting something out of my cart, and my cart took off. And it was headed for this brand new Nissan. So I start while running after it, and I heard a pop. Oh, but I knew I had to keep going, because I really didn't want to dent this um, Altima. So I grabbed it. It's hurt ever since. See, I didn't stretch because I was buying groceries. God needs to stretch me in order for my faith to grow. When I'm a young Christian, maybe this happened to you guys. I, God, I need a job. I once prayed by tomorrow at noon. I was in college. The bookstore called me, and by 9.30 that morning, I had a job. Don't you wish God did that Every single time that you prayed. But the older I got, the more God says, wait. 
And I hate that. Because I do know what happens as we wait upon God, we can start to doubt ourselves. I love the devotion, I mean, excuse me, yeah, the devotion and humility James gives. I am a servant of Jesus. How about you? Are you a servant of Jesus? Even if he's your brother? You know, I, I love, you know, count it my, all joys, my brothers and sisters, you guys are involved in this too. When you meet trials of various kinds, James is talking through experience. You think we face persecution in the church? We don't compared to what they went through. I love reading Peter, knowing that back then they were burning Christians alive. I don't want to get burned alive. I hope when it's last of my time on earth, it's quick. But we have to realize that there's a connection God wants us to have, and what happens is too often we focus on the wrong thing and we make our hardship our idol. What do you mean by that? It comes the focus of our life. I'm unemployed. I'm going through this health thing. Um, I shared this multiple times about a decade ago when, when, when Gladys Arsenal was having cancer and she's about to pass away. Melody and I walk into the hospital room. She has a big smile on her face saying, I'm going to my Savior. That's what I want. I know life is hard, and please, when I talk about this, I'm not trying to downplay what you're going through. I'm trying to upplay the living God. When when I'm connected to Jesus, I have a hope that nothing can take away from me. Life might stink. I, I, I might be sleepless. I might be, I'm a venter, so I get by myself and I vent and I think God can handle that and I get emotional, but I know that I know that I know Jesus ain't letting me down. The devil wants to say, what kind of God would let you go through that? You ever hear the stupid comment, what, what kind of God would send people to hell? Asinine. He don't send nobody to hell. We're on that road, and he said, here's an exit if you want it. It's up to us. He just fulfills what we decide. God allows trials to come. I don't understand them. I don't understand why some of the things I go through, some of the things that you go through happen. It breaks my heart. It makes me angry. But I have to trust God. Every test I go through is so that I can get stronger in the faith. Read the disciples. How could they spend time in jail? And newsflash, it's not like the Oswego County Jail. And how could they be singing at midnight? Because of their faith. Stephen gets stoned. He gets rocks chucked at him in the book of Acts. Father, forgive them, for they knew not what they did. And he sees the Lord. And somebody told me he wants a Christian head, the audacity to say, he couldn't feel anything. No, he could. Rocks hurt, and he didn't have a Star Trek force field around him, so God took the pain away. Our faith grows when we look to Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to embarrass people. I look at Debbie Grootman. I look at Randy and Kate Ziegler, 
who have lost loved ones recently, and I see through the hardship, and I see through the pain, and I see through, excuse me, where life is a bowl of crap, that they stand firm on the foundation of Jesus Christ, and they go forward. Too many people get shipwrecked. I have a hard time. I'm just going to curl up into a ball, and I'm just going to exist. Remember years ago, I was pastoring another church. I get a call 9.30 on a Saturday night. I'm at a friend's house in Hamilton, New York. Um, <laughs> can't get too graphic. His, 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 his teenage son did a pedophile act and got caught. And he's devastated. What am I going to tell him? What would you tell him? I could only say, Jesus is real. I'm going to walk through this with you. And I remember talking to his wife lady. She goes, man, he, he was curled up. I can't remember what they call it. In the ball on the floor. Fetal position. But once he knew people would walk with him and not judge him, he went forward. And that young man got healed and he's serving Jesus Christ today. Book of James Joy is not a misprint. This doesn't mean when you're going through hardship, all of a sudden you're going to act like a munchkin and skip around. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean you're going to be giddy. It doesn't even mean that you're going to smile for crying out loud. But you know what it means? It means that you're going to still have the joy of the Lord and you're going to know that someday this will be over and we're going to heaven. Greg Watson says, joy suggests an eschatological end times, hope of deliverance from trials. The joy with which a believer endures trials in the present is a sign of their hope for future relief. I could say that word really good in my office, not in front of you guys. What is he saying here? Joy is knowing when you die, you're going to heaven. James 4.14, you're but a mist. We almost saw a 24-year-old man die on national TV. I went to a funeral of a guy that died unexpectedly in my friend's house. I'm not promised tomorrow. I'm not promised this afternoon. But my hope is in the Lord. I know that when Zeta, our, our ex-sister-in-law, passes, I'm doing the funeral, I know, okay, Lord, thank you, she loves you. I know God. I hope she loves I'm My understanding, my relationship with her, I believe she does. But we have to endure the now with a focus on the future. We can't get caught up, and it's so easy to do, with this that we don't see that. We don't see where we're going. This is an ongoing process which involves a myriad of emotional peaks and valleys. Like if you love sports, 
I get happy when my team scores the go-ahead touchdown with a minute and a half to go. Then they play, prevent defense, and the other team kicks a game-winning field goal as time expires. A minute and a half ago, I'm high-fiving. A minute and a half later, I want to slink off and cry. Life's like that. Sometimes you get highs, and sometimes you get lows. Be still and know that I am God. Close your eyes. Are you able to do that? Not close your eyes. I think you all can do that. Are you able to be still and to know that he is God? You can open your eyes. He goes, I will be exalted among the nations. He's not saying, I am exalted among the nations. He's speaking to the future. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It's time for you to exercise your faith muscles. It's time for you to look at the Word of God more than Sunday morning when I put it up on the screen. It's time for you to spend quiet time with God. Well, you don't know my schedule. Actually, I, I do. There's nothing you do. Nothing that's more important than spending time with God. But I go from here to here. There's times in my life, thank you, Lord, I'm delivered from this, where I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning so I could spend time with God before work. So, Make the time for God. If you don't read the Word and know it, if you don't pray, then when hardship comes, guess what? You're going to have flabby muscles. If there was a marathon, what are the 26 point something miles this afternoon, and you had to bet $1,000, would you put your money on me? How many would? Good, the spirit of stupidity is not in the room. Why? Because I haven't exercised it. How about when God says, I want you to go through a marathon? But I, I haven't exercised. You don't read. You don't pray. Oh, you don't fellowship. That's why we do home groups. That's why we do church. And I'm not just saying this to make this a bigger church. I'm saying this because Hebrews tells us, do not forsake the gathering. We are created to be relational beings. I want to relate with other Christians. Don't misplace your faith by putting it in anything else but Jesus Christ. It, you might be successful, but it's going to be short-lived. In verse 4, the, verse the word steadfast means to be patient. It means to endure. It needs more work needs to be done. Please understand, God has told me multiple times to wait, and it drives me nuts. I think I shared last week, Looking for an assistant pastor. God's saying to wait. I have waited. God, will you please hurry up? Have I waited long enough? So I go to go online or to talk to people. He goes, stop. It makes me very uncomfortable. Why? It's kind of a control thing. I want to be in control. I trust me. Even though he's been faithful to me. So I don't do what he tells me not to do. We need to invest in quiet times with the Lord. 
I'm lucky. I work here, man, in the afternoon. A lot of times I sit in that seat and I just say, Lord, you and me. Sometimes I drive down to Wright's Landing. I just overlook the lake and I say, Lord, we're just going to spend some time together. I've told you, I hang out with my little, my little grandson. Sometimes he just kind of hangs out on me. I watch TV and he pretends he does, you know, and I don't, I don't want him to Google to me. I don't want him to try to talk. We just hang out together and I love it. You know, you don't always have to talk when you pray. I just say, come on, God. But stay in a position where you'll stay awake. If I go to the bank tomorrow and say, hey, I want $500,000, you know what the teller would say? <laughs> I do too. I can't take out what I haven't put in. Why do we try to take out more faith when we haven't put it in? Now, this isn't a works teaching. But if you don't exercise that muscle of faith, if you take control of your life and you fit God into your schedule, into your convenience, when the hardship comes, you're going to feel overwhelmed. And it's not because of God. I stand at the door and knock. If you let me in, I will come in and sup with you. I sup with God because I say, man, this door's open. I get strength with God because I know how weak I am. Like I said, in the sports world, we saw real hardship take place. I hope lives are changed. I hope next NFL season we still see people praying. But I know the parable of the sower. The third seed. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and make it unfruitful. I would ask you to read Matthew 13. Read through the parable of the sower. Too many of us live this. We loved, you can come and you can have this awesome worship and we're going to close with a song in a little while. And, and God moved through worship, and man, we're touched. In fact, you know, some of us, ah, anything you want, God. But then we walk out those doors. Do we take God with us? Is God front and center? We're like the parable of the star. The cares of this world. You know, hardship comes, and we, 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 we put Jesus on the shelf. Or the deceitfulness of riches. God will get after anything in your life that's before him. The rich young ruler, I've done it all. Sell everything you have. Jesus isn't saying to me, sell everything I have. But if he did, I would, hopefully. Do gritted teeth. God will put his finger, if it's family, can't idolize your family. Can't put them before God. It might be finances. It might be your health. You can't put anything before the Lord. So we got to be careful that we have joy and that we don't get caught up in our trials. Ask and you shall receive. I'm not an idiot. These verses are hard to live. In fact, these verses I read and I pray, Lord, help me to trust you in all things. You know, I, I hate using this example time and time again, but, you know, when my youngest daughter was six months old and she's in the hospital and here's Dr. Kim telling her she might die, um, I got mad. I'm in the waiting room. My wife's not saying anything, and boy, am I. 
Then I said, if she dies, man, am I going to get drunk tonight? And I felt like, I mean, sometimes God speaks to me where I need to be spoken to. He goes, yeah, that will really teach me. My wife kind of looks at me. So we just pray, Lord, we're going to serve you no matter what. God graciously yielded. Verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. So maybe you're struggling, etc. Without reproach, it will be given him. So what that's saying is hardship tends to make us withdraw. Life is hard. I wake up on Sunday morning, so I'm going to have coffee and forget going to church. Life is hard. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to read. I'm not going to pray. I was a young man when my dad died. I was working for this church. I didn't read or pray for two and a half months. And I knew I had to get some help, so I went to a conference, and man, God touched me in a powerful way. Why? Because I said, Lord, I'm struggling here. So without reproach, but when you open your life to God, he's going to touch you. He's going to give you wisdom on how to go through it. But it says, don't doubt. It doesn't mean that automatically the sunshine comes out and your problems disappear, but it means that you will know that you know deep inside that God is with you. But the longer it goes on, the more you want to doubt, and the more you want to say, God might listen to her, but he doesn't listen to me. And he says, no, you're going to be like a wave going back and forth. You are going to be what? Unstable. God wants us to be stable. Talk to some of these people that have endured tremendous hardship. How do you get through it one day at a time? And sometimes, let's be honest, it's one minute at a time. God, help me make it through this next minute. Help me make it through this next hour. You have promised me this, Lord. I remember when we had this stupid problem with the church and we were told it was going to collapse and the, the ground's going to split open and we're going to get sued out the ear. Um, and God said, I want you to wait. And I had pastors coming to me saying, man, I would have fixed this by now. And I had, I, had, I had people getting mad at me. People that I love. That's what God told us to wait. Guess what? He fixed it. For some, somehow, what God said came true. I don't want to be like Saul. When Samuel says, wait, I'll come back. And Saul sees people leaving and he sees hardship, so he does the sacrifice he's not supposed to do. Samuel comes back and says, you blew it. I get it. He waited more than the allotted time that Samuel said. So as a human being, I think he had a right to do what he did, but not in God's eyes. See, I can justify any, any step that's not of faith, we all can, but we need to say, God, you said this. I have to believe it. We can't doubt. We need to pray for wisdom. We need to pray for understanding. Faith means you keep your focus on Jesus Christ. If you're going through a hard time, get a brother or sister. If you're a guy, get a guy. If you're a woman, get a woman and say, would you pray with me? And don't just tell them your hardships half an hour every time you get together. Just keep praying. Have somebody stand with you that you can talk to. As we go through this journey called life, Christian fellowship is key. There's a song by the guy from Big Daddy Weaving, I can't remember the woman. God is in this, this story. God is in your life. 
In fact, he knew what you're going to be going through before you did. But he goes, I have this chance to help your faith grow. We look at it like the end of the world and we don't realize we are but a mist. The graveyard is full of irreplaceable people. I was devastated when my dad passed. I remember we were meeting at the school. It was on a Father's Day. I'm thinking about the meeting. I'm thinking about my message at worship. And I didn't think about my dad till 9.45. Doesn't mean I didn't love my dad. But man, I moved past it. I knew where he was. And I allowed God to bring healing to my life. Scripture tells us not to forsake the gathering for a reason. Discipleship is key. I'm asking all of you, who are you being discipled by? And who are you discipling? I want this to be my life. John the Baptist. He must increase, I must decrease. Summary. Would the worship team come up? Everyone faces highs and lows in life. The joy of trials is us knowing God is in charge and we can grow in faith. Getting stronger in faith, it doesn't mean an absence of strong emotions. It doesn't mean you're going to have meltdowns. It doesn't mean you're not going to vent. It doesn't mean that, you know, the good times you're going to be giddy and the sad times you're going to curl up in a ball. Ask God for wisdom as you endure the trial and do not doubt his leading. We are made to grow together. Fellowship is key. During worship, I just felt like God said, here I am. Come as you are. We're going to have another worship song, and Bill, would you close us in prayer? I want you to respond. I want you all to stand right now if you so desire. You don't have to. However you want to meet with God right now. But I want you to respond. And maybe that means you go off by yourself to a place. Maybe you're going through a hardship right now and you just do not know how to get through it. You just say, Lord, I need you. I need you, Lord. When you're in hardship, pray for wisdom. God will give it to you. But I, the one thing as we close, I just really feel like the Lord impressed upon me is this morning he wants us to respond. As I said, I feel like he's, full, he's pulling back this curtain of deeper grace, of deeper relationship with him. But we have to enter into it. You know, it reminded me of I have this pressure washer and I turned it on and it was just a trickle. Whoops, I forgot to push this button. I did and I'm glad I was hanging on to that sucker because man, did it go powerful. Right now, we got a trickle. And God says, I want you to push that button. I want you to open your life up to me today, January 8th, 2023, because I got more. I'm not kicking your door, and if you don't want to do it, you're going to stay as you are. But the Lord is saying today, respond to the fullness of my grace. Blessings.